Well, hi, my name is Mark Touchell, and welcome to my Living Sober Sucks But Living Drunk Sucks More podcast. I call it a blogio because it's the audio version of my written blog, and the title of this piece is My Right. I reserve the right to drink again if I ever choose to. Now, to some people, this sounds uh, like a dangerous line of thought, but let me explain the psychological reactance which this statement eliminates for me. But first, what is psychological reactance, you ask? Well, psychological reactance is a very common behavior among people. And simply put, when our freedom to have something becomes limited or something is taken away from us, we want it more. Having something taken away or a freedom impinged upon doesn't make the freedom, person, or product any better than it may have been in the first place when we, we freely had access to it, but we want or desire something even more so when we're told we can't have it. It becomes more valuable in our eyes. We have a psychological reaction towards wanting it. And many laboratory studies have been done on this, but let me give you some real-life examples. Now, any of you who have children know that at a certain age, a child becomes unreasonably demanding. I mean, tell the child they can't have a certain toy, and it doesn't matter what toy it is, they want it. Try to pick them up, and they run. Uh, try to put them down, and they want to be held. Whenever you say no, they want it even more, no matter what it is. Now, this happens again as they reach teenage years. I mean, you know how it is. You tell your teenager not to smoke, and they do. Tell them to stay away from someone, and they hang out with them more. Tell them that their romantic interest isn't good for them, and they desire the person even more. Yes, think of Romeo and Juliet. And also consider clothes, hairstyles, and music. I'm sure that when your parents told you, stop listening to that crazy rock and roll, you immediately turned it off, didn't you? And when they said, don't drink or do drugs, you did exactly what they told you, right? Yeah, okay, I'm sure you're getting my point here. These outright uh, rebellious behaviors tend to become more subdued as we mature, but the thoughts of psychological reactants are still present within us as adults. Okay, well, and, and maybe uh, instead I should say that the rebellious behavior morphs and manifests itself in a, in a more reserved way when we mature. I mean, think about your own life. Haven't you ever been told that you can't afford something or that it was in scarce quantity? And the next thing you know, that's all you can think of and possibly even become obsessed with acquiring it. You know, it could be a new TV, a new car, a bigger house, some gadget, gizmo, clothing, or even a new hairstyle. You know, as adults, we're not any less impetuous than a teenager is. We're just a bit more reserved about it. And of course, uh, we, as mature adults, can rationally explain to others and ourselves why we must have our desire. Now, add alcohol into the mix, and our minds uh, get us to pursue or buy all sorts of stupid shit. Look, I'm not ridiculing you. I've been guilty of this myself. And even as a sober person, I still find myself desiring and thinking about plenty of things that I can't have. But my sober clarity of mind helps me understand my desires better, and I don't impulsively react as much as I used to. I don't hide from the fact that my desires exist. I mentally acknowledge them, and, and I do my best to consider how important they are to me. I weigh out all the consequences and, and try to make the best decision. I have to slow my mind down. No, but in some situations, there isn't time to slow my mind down and think. That's when I use my default response of, no, not right now, maybe later. 
Yeah, I may miss out on some things, but I find I'm much safer when I say, no, not right now, maybe later. Now, so let's look at a few other adult situations of psychological reactance. I mean, how, how well did prohibition work? How successful has the war on drugs been? How effective has smoking bans in bars, restaurants, and the workplace been to, to stop people from smoking? You know, and making these vices illegal doesn't stop people from doing them. It may stop some, but it amps up the excitement level within others to want to do it. And let me give you examples of some non-destructive vices that affect psychological reactants. How do you feel when you can't get a cell signal on your phone even if you don't need to make a call? Or there's no internet connection when all you want to do is check your Facebook or Twitter page? Let's say you head to the grocery store and they're out of your favorite brand of cookie. What do you do? Or what about if you have a craving for a certain flavor or dish, but you don't have the ingredients or the store doesn't have what you want? You can get pretty agitated by these situations, even obsessed over it. But I didn't have my cookies. I mean, that could fuck up your whole day. Kind of silly to have your whole day fucked up over a lack of cookies, isn't it? But it happens. I mean, you'll live if you don't get your cookies, and a peanut butter sandwich will suffice if all you need is something in your stomach. But the desire for your original want is still there, and very often we want something even more, especially when we don't have it or can't have it. And when we finally do get it, we may go completely overboard on it and and find that it isn't as gratifying or rewarding as we thought it would be. Now, just because we can't have something doesn't always make it any better when we finally do get it. Go ahead, insert your own joke here. I'll wait. Okay, so I have the right to drink, smoke dope, do cocaine, eat cookies, eat ice cream straight out of the carton, have random sex, sleep all day, whatever I want. But just because I have the right doesn't mean I need to take action on it or become mentally obsessed with it. In fact, I can be mentally comforted knowing that I can do any of these things. This acknowledgement doesn't make the desire disappear, but it eliminates much of the mental obsession or power that it can have over me. Yeah, I still have to pay attention to my thinking before it gets carried away. I mean, my thinking can quickly tip over the edge and become focused on reasons and justifications on why I should do something. And there's a big difference between can and should. And just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do it. And at those dicey moments, I remind myself, yes, Mark, you can drink if you want to, but you know that you shouldn't, so don't. Alcohol hasn't been taken away from me. I just choose not to drink it. I have every legal right to drink alcohol and even a moral right to drink it. Society doesn't look down on social drinkers. In fact, advertisers and much of society glamorizes drinking. It's acceptable. However, I know that if I do drink again, nothing good will come of it. I'll be letting myself down. I'll be disappointing a lot of other people as well. And besides, I don't want to give anyone that thinks I can't stay sober the pleasure of ever seeing me fail. So to help me avoid psychological reactants or feel like I'm being left out of the party, I tell myself I reserve the right to drink again if I ever choose to. But I happen to also recognize that no good will come of it if I do. Now, who knows, maybe this line of thinking will help you feel that you're not being left out of the party either. Remember, we have every right to drink. We just choose not to drink. 
Hey, that's it for this podcast. Thank you very much for spending your time listening to it. If you enjoy this stuff or you get something out of it, please tell your friends about my website and about uh, this blog here. It's livingsobersucks.com. And thanks again for spending some of your very valuable time with me. My name is Mark Tuchel.